Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Monument Church Podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. Good morning um, to you guys. My name is Eric Santiago. For those of you I don't know or don't know me, and um, I actually, uh, we're starting our Psalms series this morning, and um, one of the things that we're going to do today is, is talk about our small groups. We're, we're actually really passionate about our need for one another, about our need to gather in fellowship and community for one another. And that is actually a complex prospect in this day and age because we haven't even been able to get together. We've had all kinds of restrictions and rules that have stood in the way of us just simply getting together. Um, But I actually, as we start the Psalm series this morning, I actually brought a chair. (laughs) Not because I'm tired, though I am. I, I just think a lot of us are. Like a lot of us have been through a lot in the last year and a half, haven't we? Like we're just head down and we keep going because we, we have no choice, right? But, but we've, we've, we've actually been through a lot. We've been through a lot as a, as a, as a world, <laughs> been through a lot in this country. Um, we've been through a lot here in Montgomery County. We've been through a lot at Monument Church. You've been through a lot in your previous church experience. Like, I just want to commend everybody who's sitting here this morning for just continuing to show up despite some of what you've experienced in church. And I think it's actually, as we go into this psalm series, it's good just to pause and go like, what does it really mean to live this life in an authentic way that doesn't just kind of like push aside the difficult things and sort of compartmentalize those things because they're hard to deal with and just move on? Like, what, what does it look like to actually deal with those things? To bring them before God as the psalmist does. Like, that's what the psalmist does. He comes before God and he bears his soul. He bears his emotions. He, he, he gives his gripes. He's honest. And, and so in a sense, I, kinda, I, I just want to be honest. Like, not that I've been dishonest in the past, I hope. But actually, um, yesterday, Jim Palmer, uh, husband of Janet, uh, came over to my house yesterday, and Jim is and Janet are are two of our our up, upcoming small group leaders. Um, I just want to thank those of you who raised your hand for small groups. There's 15 small groups at Monument Church, and actually, it's very easy to be kind of standoffish or to back off when it comes to small groups right now. But people said we want to lead. And Jim came to me, though, and he said, listen, I, I need to talk to you. I asked him if I could share this story, by the way. Right, Jim? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and he just said, I don't know if I'm your guy. I don't know if I'm going to make a good small group leader. And I was like, okay, well, t- tell me. Is there sin in your life, Jim? Tell me, what is it? He said, I'm struggling. Like, I'm, I'm really wrestling with some things. I'm wrestling with church a bit right now. Like, I'm wrestling with, with my past church experience. I mean, I, I came off a decade of a pretty difficult experience. And, and so I, I want to talk about that. So, like, if, if people come to my house and they want to talk about that, like, I want to talk about that. And, like, is that really what you're trying to do here? And I just said, well, well tell me this, Jim. How do you feel about Jesus? <laughs> he goes, I love Jesus. He goes, and I love the church. The church is God's plan A. Like, what, where else am I going to go? So I just thought, so here's a guy who's struggling. He wants to be honest and open and authentic. He loves Jesus and he loves the church and he's willing to gather people in his home. Jim, will you be the poster child for small group leaders? Because we're not we don't want to play church. We don't want to do small groups because that's what you do. 
We want to get together and we want to share the stuff of life together. The stuff that we, we kind of tend to tuck away because we just don't even know what to do with it. That's what we want to do in our small groups. That's what we want to do in our church. And right now, we're in a moment, again, whether you go the world, the country, <laughs> the city, the county, or our church, we're in a moment. And if we just show up and smile and just kind of nod our heads, I, like, I just want to ask, like, how are you doing? Like, I really want to know, like, how are you doing? Do you know how you're doing? I have a friend who's a therapist, and he says, oftentimes I have to get out a sheet with feelings on them when I ask people how they're doing because they actually don't know how to identify how they're feeling. This is what Psalms is all about. It's putting your finger on what is going on on the inside of you for the sake of having a real relationship with God, like real health like real transparency, like really bringing your life before God. He said, and then sometimes even with the list, people struggle. They go, I don't, I don't know. And you know, we all know there's the conversational, how are you doing? I'm blessed, brother. How are you? That's fine. You don't always have time to get into all of it with everybody. But actually, whether it's with others or with God, we've got to press in like the psalmist does in order to really be honest about how we're feeling. Now, I think sometimes what happens is there's this thing of like, well, that's navel-gazing, right? That's just me becoming immersed and introspective, and that's true. That's, that's possible. It's possible to become too absorbed and self-absorbed in your, your feelings. I don't think that's this culture's problem. The reason I say that is because this culture is different from the South. It's different from the culture of California, where I came from. You know there are 33,000 marriage and family therapists in the state of California? There are 40,000 in the rest of the country. <laughs> now, that's a wonderful thing in many ways. I'll tell you, your average Californian is very in tune and in touch with their emotions, but it can also become just overwhelmed with those things. It actually used to be that there were more marriage and family therapists in the state of California than the rest of the country. That's changed a little bit, and I'm, I'm grateful because the tide is turning that we're actually becoming attuned and alert to how we feel and dealing with that. That is very spiritual. It's very spiritual. Pete Scazzaro wrote a book called The Emotionally, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I, I highly commend it to you. But he basically was in ministry for a very long time, and he realized that he had no sense of what was going on in his heart and mind and soul. <laughs> That's why we named this series, Mind, Body, Soul, Spirit, Jesus. All of the things that it's kind of a takeoff on, on New Age, right? Because there's this promise of like, we're going to revitalize and, and holistically bring meaning to your mind, body, and soul. But actually, like Valerie came up to me last week and said, that's not even the right order. Spirit comes first. But the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, the only way that we really address the ills and the needs and the hunger that we have on the inside of us is through the Word of God and through our communion with Him. But first, we've got to be honest about these things. So I, I just, I just want to pause and go, like, how do you feel? It's not a trite question. This isn't group therapy, and yet... In a sense, it's us being vulnerable with one another for the sake of accessing our emotions and touching them by God's Spirit. Do you do that? Do you do that? Do you know how to do that? I gotta admit, I have struggled to do that in the last few months. Life has been absolutely overwhelming in so many ways, and I have neglected the care of my soul. That's not self-absorbed or selfish. That's actually just healthy. See, because a lot of us, we have this thing that, that I would call strategic denial. 
Ben, you can put that slide up. It'll just help us. Strategic denial is this. We just can't deal with everything all the time, so we just kind of tuck it away, right? I mean, we, I, I've talked to some people recently, like, I compartmentalize well. I'm like, really, do you? I think I do too, but do you? Like, do you really compartmentalize well? Chances are you either do or you don't, but you think you do. And what winds up happening is the, thing you th the things you think you've kind of tucked away neatly are just leaking into everybody else's life in an unintended way. It's almost like putting a box of rotten eggs in your kitchen, and then people come in and they go, what is that terrible smell? And you go, oh, no, no, it's a box of rotten eggs, but it's sealed away. And they're like, no, it's not. It stinks. Like, we stink sometimes. Because we've taken these things that are difficult to us and for us, and we've just kind of thought we tucked them away and moved on. And we have to. We can't always deal with everything all the time. But at what point do you pause? Do you take a deep breath and you actually bring these things before God? Bring these things before one another. Not everybody all the time. But my experience of living in 12 years in California is, man, generally your average person was just willing to go there and just kind of get into it. And, you know, you got a barista, a mechanic, and a therapist. And it was like that, you know, you're, you're in deep. But my experience here is people are pretty buttoned up. I think I'm probably more buttoned up. I like to, you know, have it all together. And so we don't want to just sort of unravel and, 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 and splash around in the mess of all of our difficulties, but actually if we don't bring them to bear, the Spirit of God and one another and God himself just don't have an opportunity to really access what is going on in the inside of us. We have to bring it to bear. Now I know some of the guys are thinking, yeah, we don't really do that. Like if I'm dealing with stuff, I'll work out or I'll use power tools or go hunting. Right? I mean, come on, guys. It's like, well, yeah, we don't really talk about emotional stuff. That's, you know, my wife does that. I sort of bear it. But actually, the Psalms, half of them were written by David, King David. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a tougher dude in history, right? As a young man, he killed a beast of a man with a slingshot. He killed a lion and a bear with his own hands. He was the king. He was celebrated. He was a fierce warrior, and he wrote half the Psalms. See, the Bible doesn't believe this thing of like men don't have to get tender or vulnerable or reveal their emotions. This most significant book is completely dedicated to exactly that. In fact, none of the Psalms were written by women. All of them were written by men. And that's what I want to do here is not just men, but women, but all of us to engage you in the very real need, especially during this time with all of the pain and the difficulty of life that we're dealing with, to open our hearts to God. We are in such desperate need of this, aren't we? I mean, I don't think I've preached in a while and I've seen so many nodding heads. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, oh, this is like air to my lungs. I need this. I need the Psalms. I don't even know why or what or how, but I, I do. I need this. And this is where real strength actually comes from. It's not white-knuckling it. It's not stiff upper lip. It's not just glossing over the things that we're experiencing and not sharing them with one another or God. This is my opener on Psalms, you guys, because <laughs> I just want you to lean in with me because I am so in, in such desperate need of this right now. I really am. Aren't you? Because what winds up happening is in the midst of emotional difficulty and pain in life is we often turn to a variety of different things, don't we? 
We either bottle it up, compartmentalize, look the other way, move on, work, we become workaholics, we become alcoholics. We become addicted to pornography. We become all of these things that God is like waving his arms going, no, 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 it's over here, it's over here. Tuck into these psalms. Because actually the psalms themselves are so unique, they were not meant to be just read. They weren't even meant to be just spoken. They were meant to be sung. Our prayers are meant to be intertwined with these psalms. We're to read them and then drop in our own prayers and then pray the words of them up to God in song. And actually, without this, we won't have a fighting chance. We really, really won't. When I am desperate, when I don't know what to read or pray or do, I open the psalms. Let's make that our habit. Let's just apply ourselves to that habit. And God will begin to revolutionize what's happening on the inside of our lives. I know many of us are struggling. We don't even know with what. Some of it, we know exactly what it is. It's job stuff, relationship stuff, financial stuff, church drama. Can I have less church drama, please? I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that say, I just want less drama. Our big vision last week, if you noticed, was just let's do normal church again. That's the big fancy vision. Let's just get back to the fundamentals of the early church. Let's meet together from house to house and in the basketball courts, the temple courts, as it were. And... And let's just do the normal stuff of church because actually it's those dog simple things that can help us. Tim Keller says this. He says, Psalms anticipate, we can get it on the screen maybe, thank you, Ben. Psalms anticipate and train you for every possible spiritual, social, and emotional condition. They show you what the dangers are what you should keep in mind, what your attitude should be, how to talk about it to God, and how to get from God the help you need. Doesn't that sound good? Sometimes if you're like in a bad place, somebody's like, you should go read the Bible. Okay, yeah, you're right. If you're a good Christian, you obey that, right? And you go and you open the Bible and you read it and you go, okay. And it does nothing. It did nothing. And so you put it down and you don't read it again for a while. I mean, nobody's nodding their heads, but everybody knows. This is what happens. Like, that's, that's not what he's got for us. There's so much more available in this book than just a, a quick read, and I don't know what the heck that's supposed to do for me. But we got to learn. we got to practice. we got to engage. we got to understand. And actually, Tim Keller says, Psalms are a medicine chest for the heart and the best possible guide for practical living just love that. He wrote a devotional called Songs of Jesus, which, by the way, that's what the Psalms are. They're the songs that Jesus wrote for us so that we would use them. I want to look now for a moment as we just continue to talk about these things at Psalm 103. I chose that psalm just because it, at the moment that I started to think about the psalm series, this is the one that leapt out at me. And the cool thing is the preachers are all kind of picking their psalms. Which psalm should we do? I'm like, do which, they're all good. So actually next week, Alan Frau is going to be here, and I think he's going to be preaching on Psalm 42. It's brilliant in terms of unpacking the things of our soul and bringing them before God. You need this education and training. I need it. And he's going to help us. So I just want to read these first couple of verses because one of the things we find in the Psalms that is so good is the simplest thing. And so let's start in verse 1 and 2, and it just says a line we all know, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And you can read those words and be like, yeah, that's good. But like, you know, what's it supposed to mean? 
But what he's telling us here is our soul needs instruction. We have to command our soul. That doesn't neglect the other ways that we handle our soul. But the, the thing is, our soul has a default state, and it's not to bless the Lord. And it actually is to forget all of his benefits. Half of our problem is that our souls have a mind of their own, and we must command them. That's one of the most helpful things in the Psalms. It's not the only thing we do when we come before God, right? I mean, there are other things that the psalmist do. Psalm 42 that I just mentioned. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? This is a searching of the soul. Again, we'll get into that more next week. I don't want to steal his thunder, but there are different approaches to the soul. But they're all approaches to the soul that we need desperately. Recognizing the power that we have to manage our souls is one of the most important aspects of our relationship with God. Another one is that we actually just plain forget who God is. Right? Do, do, you, do you know that's true? Do you know that our default state is to actually just forget who he is? We will drift. If we're not reminded or remind ourselves, reminded by somebody or reminded by scripture, we will just forget. And so David here says, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Oh my gosh, they're too numerous to list, but we forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. Oh, oh, that's right. I remember this now because I had forgotten. David speaking to himself. He redeems your life from the pit. Do you feel like you're in a pit at the moment? Well, he redeems our lives from the pit. He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies us with good so that our youth is renewed like the eagle's. I got to lean on the good doctor again because Tim Keller says this, biblical meditation, unlike the popular varieties of meditation, it's not a relaxation technique for emptying the mind, but rather one that fills it with truth, using thought and memory to set your heart on fire. Oh, that sounds good. We're not simply to read Psalms, we're to be immersed in them so that they profoundly shape how we relate to God. The Psalms are divine, the divinely ordained way to learn our devotion to our God. We were visiting college campuses with my daughter, who's looking at different schools, and I won't say which, but they had like a spiritual center on the campus, and it was, you know, welcome to all faiths, which, which is great. And out in front of it, it had this infinity walk, as it's called. Maybe you've seen these things. And I was just kind of fascinated. You know, I stopped on the tour and I just looked at this thing and it was like a maze that kind of went around. And, and, and the idea is that you walk on the maze as a means of meditation, which is interesting. It's cool. I like walking and meditating. I like walking in the woods. But I just thought, what a perfect picture of what our meditation often is, is literally just wandering in circles without any actual conclusion. Like, what does that do for us? You often feel like your meditation, your prayer, your intentional times with God are just wandering in circles, and then you're left at the same exact spot. He wants, he wants to help us do better with it. He wants to help us not just wander through an infinite maze in circles and come out the same on the other side. He wants to change us. He literally wants to change every single person in this room. Not because you're bad, but because he loves you. And we can just cling to that. We can just revel in that, enjoy that, and love that. And the things that we need to remember about God are not just nice to haves. They're the very fundamental things that we desire in life. I mean, think about this. Can you imagine Jesus praying and singing these words to himself? Like, he did that. Jesus needed to remind himself of who God is. And that might be hard for you to wrap your mind around, but he was often withdrawing to do that very thing. He was commanding his soul, which was human, 
and he was God. But insofar as he was human, he had to do all of the same things that we need to do in order to live according to God's will. Isn't that wild to think about? So he wrote these songs, and he's singing them to himself and to God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Did Jesus really need to remind himself of that stuff? Absolutely. Because it says in Hebrews that he was tempted in all of the same ways that we are, and one of those massive temptations is to forget. And we need to remind one another such a benefit of our small groups. These small groups are intended to create a holistic life for every one of us. And I'm so tired of that being used as a word to describe something that is pathetic and not holistic, that does not actually touch and satisfy every area of our lives. I want to just read, jump ahead to this this portion here, where it, it actually, David is helping to continue to help us understand God's behavior, especially as it contrasts with our own. In verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We are often quick to anger and pretty short on love, right? We, we actually just need to be reminded of who he is so that it is transformative and becoming who we are. It says he'll not always chide nor keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast steadfast love toward those who fear him. I mean, what is David doing here? You see, I think this little portion could read a bit differently if he were honest, right? Like he could, he could, in forgetting, say, man, the Lord is not merciful or gracious. His anger is on a hair trigger, and he's not loving. These are the things that we're often kind of thinking in our own hearts and minds. He's constantly disciplining me. It seems he'll be angry forever. He punishes me for every sin. He, 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 he makes sure that we, we don't get away with anything. Sometimes, isn't that sometimes how we feel? And actually, we just need to counter that, dive into the Psalms and go, no, 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 here's what's true. Here's what's true about God. And the wind of refreshing comes into our souls and it addresses the things of our hearts. There's so much here and we've got a series to unpack it. And so I'm going to just kind of race ahead to the end of the Psalm because what I would like to do is I want to bring up our small group leaders at the end here and actually just have them tell you about what's going to be going on in their small groups. Now, we know that we kind of did this real quick in terms of getting small groups going, and we want to give them a chance to succeed. Okay, so we're going to delay the start until the first week of October. And I haven't even mentioned that. Sorry, small group leaders. We just thought, man, we want to set these things up for success. We don't want you sitting, you know, praying with your wife at your house. I mean, do that but not when you're supposed to have another bunch of people there. And, and we're just getting things going. September is a busy time. If you've got a group, go for it. There's a lot of flexibility here. We're in a pandemic. If you want to meet outside, if you want to meet in your garage, if you want to meet on the roof, it doesn't matter. If you want to meet once a month, it, it doesn't matter. We just want to get people going on this thing we've been so desperately missing. So I do in just a moment want to bring um, our small group leaders up and just give them a, a few seconds to say hello. Because what you've got here too, on your way in, this is the groups. Now you can sign up through the app. That does not seem to be a very popular means of signing up. That's okay. Uh, we want to keep pushing you to that. But then this sheet that you got on the way in is the way to sign up for one of the small groups. Just hand it in at the end and we'll get you squared away. But we just want to get this going, guys. We want to get prayer going regularly. We want to get small groups. We want to do the stuff of normal church. It's health and life to us. The last bit is that I love David who starts actually in bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, it's, it's easy to think that David just drifts into prayer from the mountaintop, right? Isn't that what we think? Like, David, I mean, his proclamations are so beautiful, he must just drift into this prayer from the mountaintop. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I actually imagine this quite differently. I imagine this, bless the Lord, O my soul. I don't imagine him coming from the mountaintop. I imagine him crawling out from under a rock. So if you feel like you're under a rock, this one I think is for you. Because you crawl out from under the rock and you go, okay, soul, I know what you're feeling and it's valid, but right now we're just going to worship God. You got it? You got it? <laughs> we're going to deal with the other stuff. We're not just going to shove it away. We're not going to compartmentalize it. We're not going to strategic denial on it. But right now we're just going to bless the Lord. That's one of the things that we can do. And what's beautiful is that as he forces himself to do that, I think then as we get to the end of the psalm, we hear these verses. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in places of his dominion. Now he's moved from wrestling his way into a posture to commanding all of creation to bless the Lord. Isn't that what you want out of your prayer time with the Lord? Like, don't we all want that? Man, I'm like a two for five on that. I want to be three. I want to be five for five because Jesus was five for five. If he came in wrestling, he left rejoicing. He came into the garden wrestling and he left perfectly obedient to this extraordinary call that God had for him. And so David wrestles only to then command all of creation. Our emotions, our inner lives, the pain and the difficulty of life are all part of our relationship with God. And it's vital to our spiritual lives. I mentioned Pete Scazzaro. He said, it is not possible for a Christian to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. For some reason, however, the vast majority of Christians today live as if the two concepts have no intersection. Let that not be true of me, Lord. Mature me in every way because I know I get tangled up in the things I think and feel. And what I really want to do is just worship your holy name, mind, body, soul, and spirit, Jesus. Help me. I know this group of people has been through a lot. Some things I don't know of what you've been through. Other things I do. But I know that the remedy for this is here in his word and with one another as we continue in fellowship and encouraging and reminding one another as we gather regularly to celebrate who he is among us. All right, in the last couple of minutes, can I get the small group leaders down here to just tell us who you are, when your group is meeting, and what is going to be awesome about your group? And you can even say why it's going to be better than other people's groups. No. I'd say it's not a contest, but everything is a contest. Come on. All right, so we're just going to quickly go through... And um, gosh, it's so good to see all of you beautiful people up here who are willing to lead small groups. Thank you. Can we just give it up for these guys? So let's go real quick. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start with Joe and Beth. Good morning, Joe, FG, and uh, Beth. Yes, you did. So uh, we meet, we're going to meet in Clarksburg, Maryland on Wednesdays. Our group's going to be 42 and under. And two of those family members are going to make the cut. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Peter, if you want to join, we'll just So I'm um, looking forward to it on Wednesdays, um, once or twice a month, and I guess now we're coming October. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Catherine Martin. I'm leading uh, a group for women on um, the book study, Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word. How to study the Bible with both our hearts and minds. Um, it's Wednesday mornings, uh, 10 to 11.30. I'm sorry for all the women at that time. It's please. Um, 
but I'm excited uh, to see our church grounded in the Word of God and um, just like a, like, like a well-rooted tree, um, individuals uh, just growing and knowing God's Word, and so I'm excited to gather with other women and beholding God and His Word. Um, I'm Abby Middlesberger. I'm going to be leading a young adults small group with Joel Chenard. Um, and we're going to be meeting at the Azana's apartment, if you can be honest. Um, and we're going to be meeting at 7 um, every Wednesday, or every other Wednesday. Um, and I will be sending the address to the Texley group. Um, but uh, super excited about this group. Uh, mainly because I'm super excited to invite other people, um, yeah. specifically, Good. Um, who don't go to our church. Amen. We have a lot of friends who don't <laughs> go to our church, so I'm just excited to welcome others into it. That's great. So hello everybody, I'm John Garrett, my wife and I, as well as playing two rocks, because getting two for the price of one. <laughs> Wednesdays at 7. We'll probably be switching each house because we'll be sharing the, the kind of cold. And really our heart is for us all to be, it was just so so connected with this message, just to be in relationship. Yeah. Deep relationship. We're, we're all children of God and, and in it together and the family functioning healthy is just so important for us. And it's not just relationship with each other. These songs, I'm so excited. They're going to bring us into the presence of yeah, it's good. So much because he's our father. He yeah. loves us. One of the scriptures that that really kind of quantify or capture this for us is in First Corinthians fourteen. When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And we want everybody participating. You have a song, let's sing it. You have a prayer, let's pray it. Let's be together. It's good. Yeah, we, we really want to go after that intimacy with the Lord that we all really want, that more that we want. Maybe you don't know how to get there, but John just talked about it, and we want to do it together. We want to do it together as a family. That's good. I'm not going to leave your mom and join there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I hope you have a good scripture, Trav, because he set the bar. <laughs> Bring the heat. Yeah, that's uh, first, first and third Wednesday um, in October. And um, yeah, I think I'll just echo, um, man, my heart is stirred for us. Thanks for, for preaching to us today. I just, I want us to be brutally honest with one another. Yeah. And be able to share uh, and build relationships. I feel like I know many of you reasonably well, but I want to know you really well, and I want you to know me really well, not just, well, that's the guy who sometimes helps run our service or sometimes helps lead you, but I want you to know me. Like, I really want to share that, because I think there's something that God has in that for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and then to be able to be going through these songs together, we're just going to, we're just going to be spreading those sermons and, and talking about that um, yeah. for, for the fall. Good. Jim and Deanna Collins. We're going to be meeting uh, Montgomery Village on Wednesdays. Uh, one of the benefits that I know, uh, we've both been in care groups for over 30 years or plus. And I just see the benefit that God uses because when Janet eight years ago went through breast cancer, mm. basically our care group carried mm. us through. Wow, it's awesome, like Jim. Meals, cleaning house, just yeah. everything. They equipped prayer and they just carried us through. So I see how important it is just to share life together. We have friends that, to this day, you know, mm. that we're still in deep fellowship with. Beautiful. Throughout. Yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking enough. Yeah, so Eric is from Santiago. We're going to be meeting in Montgomery Village on Wednesday nights. And um, I guess Eric and I have led groups for a long time, and I'll just say life with your care group is better than life without a care group. <laughs> um, 
friendships, friendships, um, getting to know one another is, is just the way to go. So yeah, I just encourage you guys to come. I, are we trying to eat food? We haven't really talked about it, but I think oh. we might try to have food and break the bread together. That kind of many things said and I, I echo all of those things I can't say it better um, but that's what we want as well so it's good Ed Stockton my better half Elizabeth is serving in the children's ministry today uh, we are also meeting Wednesday nights uh, first and third week and we're in East Montgomery North just five minutes up the road um, we are we're in a busy season as we tend to always be it seems like so we're just <laughs> looking forward to a chance to be together and Take a moment to pause and to share struggles and to point each other to Jesus and to have a good time. Yeah. I just want to pick up on something Ed said there. You know, it's not like everybody that we asked was like, yeah, I've got a bunch of extra time. We'd be happy to do it. I just want to commend everybody for going, you know what? I don't have the time, but this is so important. We're making it a priority. So thank you guys. We couldn't do it without you. Excellent. Well, we're going we're gonna to close here, but if we could all just stand, and actually let's just lift up uh, this time in Psalms and these small groups, because I just trust that both of them are going to be a direct hit for what God wants to do uh, in our community. So Father, we thank you so much for being with us. You're present with us right now. You're guiding and leading and steering, and you know what's going on in each of the hearts in the minds and the souls of everybody here, even though we don't at times, but you're just so faithful to help touch those places. I pray that this series would help us with that, Lord. Pray for next week, for Alan as he comes and, and continues to help us with this, Lord, and the small groups. Thank you for these leaders. Thank you for those who will engage. I pray for 100% engagement, Lord God, across Monument Church, that we would all just gain the benefit of fellowship among the brothers and sisters in our family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. It's been so good to be with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
Hey, thank you for listening. Monument is a growing church pointing people to Jesus and planting churches in the greater D.C. area. For more sermons or information, please hop on to www.monumentchurchdc.com.